You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I am really excited today in studio. I have with me an old friend, someone that we just reconnected recently, and she's doing a lot of great things. When I first met her, she was a registered nurse uh, at a not-for-profit organization, and she's still She's not retired. She's refired. She's recharged. She's energized. And she's very active because she is a servant's heart. That's what she has. She's a, a servant heart messenger. And I am really excited to have with us today to have a conversation with all of the things going on in our world today. We need to have people that can help us to understand some of this drama and trauma that's going on, not only in the political world, but in our everyday lives. There's a lot happening. And this young lady is able to help us to navigate through some of these landmines that are out there that are holding us back. This is a new year. A lot of people are starting over, having all these new year's resolutions and a lot of things, but you need some tools to be able to take you beyond the first 30 days, the first 60 days, and the first 90 days. And my guest that I have today is going to be able to help us to do that. Her name is Carla Fox, and she's been a registered nurse since 1995 with a bachelor's in health administration, and she is a certified paralegal. She's also the author of of seven um, of different self-help books which is Six Great Steps to a Positive Future is one of them. And she uses her workbooks in seminars and workshops to assist people in all walks of life, helping them move from trauma and non-forgiveness. And in 2022, Carla, she founded her non-for-profit, which is called From Paper to Print. And this organization helps upcoming authors to move their stories from literary works to written works on paper. So she helps you to get your book out of your head so that it can be read. Um, she's also worked with other non-for-profit organizations in the Will County and Cook County areas, such as the Boys and Girls Club, the Harvey Book Center, and several other non-for-profit organizations. She uses her online printing and other resources to be helped new as well as seasoned authors with resources that's needed to bring their writings to literary work as a published author. Welcome, welcome, Carla, my friend, to the show. Hello. <laughs> you know, there's so much that we have to talk about. As I go back and thinking about in the 90s, because we have a little history, we go way, way back. Yes. Let's first talk about, you know, you decided to become a nurse. Um, what was going on at that time? Did you think, well, because you have a servant's heart, we know that, but you've done so many things since then, but let's go back a little bit into the history of why you decided to go into nursing for the first place. Well, that's kind of a funny story because my cousin called me uh-huh. and she said, I think you're great with people and you make a good nurse. Mm. I said, okay, really? And I wouldn't signed up for school. That, that's literally how it happened. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You know, because nursing has changed so much. It used to be back in the day 
they would come in, they have, you know, they would be able to do all these diagnostics with you on a one-on-one. Now, when they come to the hospital or when you go to the hospital, you have a nurse, there's all this typing, all these computers, all this information mm-hmm. that they have to put into these different systems just to be able to give you the care that's needed, you know? And so nursing, not only since the COVID area, but it has mm-hmm. taken on a whole new, um, I want to say, uh, direction from where it used to be just a nurse checking your temperature, feeling how you feeling today, or just putting a little thermometer, even the thermometers are digital, you know? And so it it has changed so much. And a lot of people went into nursing, I think for money at one time, realizing that boy, a lot of people bailed when it came to the COVID because it was just too much. So I commend you for still holding on to um, that license, being able to be able to help people because it's something that, you can help people at home. You can help people, friends, when they have something going on, you can kind of give them that professional advice, which is needed. But what I want to delve into a little bit is going into, you were a nurse, then you decided to become an author. Talk to us about that journey. Well, I actually became an author in the third grade. A lot of wow. Don't know. But back in, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what year. <laughs> um, while I was in the third grade, they had a, a young author's contest. And they pulled two people, a boy and a girl from each state. Okay. And I was the girl that they pulled from the state of Illinois. And I I wrote a book called Tall Legs, which was since lost over the years. But it was about a man who had um, a lot of challenges, but he made provisions. He was too long for his bed, so he added on to his bed. He was too long, uh, tall for his pants, so he added pieces onto his pants. And what it really boiled down to is he just thanked God he was satisfied with what he had. So I wrote that in the third grade. And since then, I had written poetry. I had been in the newspaper for poetry at 12 years old. You know, so I started writing early. Okay. It's just that I, I didn't, I just didn't really get into putting it out there. But I would write poems for people and different things like that. You know, it's really interesting because they say readers are leaders. And if you're writing by the third grade, you obviously was an awesome reader <laughs> to be able to start reading, <laughs> to be able to to write, because you have to kind of put that all together. Um, now, I want to go into a little bit about some stories that have happened possibly in the past, because a lot of what you deal with is trauma and pain. Um, I know that you've had some health challenges and, you know, car accidents, things have happened. Let's talk a little bit about some of the trauma um, that that has happened to you possibly in the past that led you to say, you know what, I need to share my story with other people from this area. Could could you share a little bit of that with us? Well, actually, when I was about six years old, I had a family member that was not that much older than me. Okay. That would tie me, tie me to a chair, beat me when my, my parents would leave. And then um, before they got home, she'd have me put Vaseline on my scars so they wouldn't see. But you know, (laughs) I thought about it down through the years. Hmm. I sat one day and, and I've never had to have counseling for it or anything because mm. I had a forgiving heart. Because mm. I thought about it. I'm, I thought, wow, what would make that person do this to me, being such a young person herself? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, okay, I know what happened. When I came along, the attention was all on me. And I began to feel sorry for her mm-hmm. to even have to resort to that because she felt so pushed aside because I was one of the new kids in the house and so I've always forgiven her it's you know you hear people say oh I can forgive but I can't forget yes well you need to forget the pain that it caused you Mm. I had 
four children. And we all know as mothers, that is one of the most painful times is labor. But if yeah. I remember the labor every time I look at my child, how mm. can I have a close relationship with them? Wow. All I can say is, oh, you caused me so much pain. I want to just take my life in that labor room. And if you went through that every day with your child, you could never move on. So I think forgiveness is the same way. You can forgive and you can forget. You don't forget what happened, but you forget the pain it caused. So that pain can stop leading your life now. So I never held anything against this person, honestly, in my heart. Wow. And that's the thing. You're talking about moving, you know, forgetting the pain um, that that was that forgetting the pain so that you can move on. And I think a lot of people get stuck. They think this person maybe molested them as a child. This person caused verbal abuse. This person caused physical abuse. Um, this person shot someone in my family or whatever trauma that's happened. People get stuck and they stay in the pain. And like you said, yes. moving on from just forgetting the pain and so that you can move on to the future. That's so important because um, there are so many people, including countries. We talk, we talk, I mentioned politics a little bit earlier that can't let it go. They said, you did this to me. So I'm going to continue to cause pain to you because you caused me pain. And it's affecting a lot of people, especially like I said, with there's wars that are happening today because of the pain that people have caused and they can't let go of that trauma. And so they're inflicting more pain, you know, and so it, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get better. And so I think that's a really important point to bring up to forget the pain, just the pain of it and not the situation as far as saying um, so that you can move on because you have a good, important, uh, valid point. If you look at your child and say, you caused me pain, how can you love that child? How can you move on? That's a very good analogy for our, our audience to uh, to remember and things like that. Now, when you let's talk about the book, The Six Great Steps to a Positive Future, talking about trauma and there's different type of trauma. There's financial trauma, you know, mental trauma, physical trauma, all these types of trauma. But you decided to write the a book, Six Great Steps to a Positive Future. Um is that having to deal with the trauma as well as the forgiveness within that book? It is. And the way I came about that book is I was working at a, uh, a job training program okay. as a manager over the health center. And my TEEP counselor, my drug counselor, who taught the anger management class, had to be out on FMLA. So, of course, I had to take her class. There were mm. 12 students in the class. And I asked the question. I said, how many of you in here have somebody you haven't forgiven? And you would have sworn somebody said, when Miss Fox says this, we're going to count to three and we're all going to raise our hands. So 100% of those in that anger management class had someone they had not forgiven. And that's what dawned me. I'm like, okay, this unforgiveness thing goes deeper than just you wronged me and I'm mad about it. Mm. it, it it's, it's like a, I heard someone say, not forgiving someone is like taking poison and waiting on the other person to die. Mm. It's affecting you. Most of the people that have hurt, hurt us in our life, they've moved on. Mm. they moved on with life. They're successful. And we're still mad. Our nose still swell when we see them or when mm. we think about what they did. And so when I saw that, I'm like, okay, something needs to be done about this unforgiveness thing. Mm. And I wrote the book. That's exactly mm. what I wrote the book. And I gave it to different students there. They even used it at that job training program. And I saw a drastic change in those students once wow. they learned to forgive and forget. Because yeah. yeah. to, to test your forgiveness in this book, you have to write letters of forgiveness to everyone that has harmed you. Wow. You don't have to give it to them, but you okay. have to write it. 
Okay. And then you have to write three nice things you would do with them. Mm. And you don't have to give it. Remember, forgiveness is not something that you hand to someone. Okay. It's something that you release. Ooh. That means someone that has died years ago, you can still forgive them today. They don't have to be on the other end to receive it. Yeah. It's yeah. like opening a window and letting a bird go. Mm. I, I think I use a, I don't know if it was in my seminar or in my book, I can't remember, but I used a, a example of a bird flying around your house, just pooping everywhere. Mm. Mm. Okay. If you open the window and let that bird out, he stops. Mm. Mm. Nobody has to receive him from the window. You've let him out, so you've let that thing out of your life. And that's what we have to do with forgiveness, the basis of everything. Wow. And, you know, it, it, when you hold on to things and don't forgive people, it, it just it affects your whole life. You know, um, there's so many different relationships. And like you said, people have gone on and we're still they did this to me and they can't let it go. And it affects mm -hmm. every area of their life. Every decision It's kind of like you said, they're they're caged. They're caged. They can't move on in every decision that they make. Mm -hmm. things come back to that. It affects their relationships. You know, someone once said to forgive is to give for, you know, you're mm -hmm. giving for that other person. You're saying, Hey, I'm giving, giving up something to be able to uh, let it go and things like that. And so that really is an important thing. What you said of just releasing it and letting go. What are some of the other steps that people can do? Like you said, writing a letter, you don't have to give it to them, but what are some other things people can do? Cause this is a big issue in America, worldwide, actually, you know, what, what are some other things that we can do to, to let go or to release it? Would you say? Well, first you got to remember the pain. Mm. See in the, in the nursing field, whenever there's been a person with a bed sore, the only way to let that wound heal, they have to go down and cut it out. They have to cut out all the dead stuff. Mm. So you have to remember the pain first. Okay. Okay. Remember what was done to you. Sit down. You can do this by yourself. Sit down and remember the pain. Then you got to forgive the one responsible for the pain. Mm, you have mm. to legitimately say, I forgive this person for molesting wow. me or whatever they wow. did. Wow. And then you have to forget the pain that it caused. Mm -hmm. And then you can move forward. Okay. Okay. Get, there's, it's like the stages. It's like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief. You have to go in that order. You have to remember it. You have to forgive the person that did it. And then you have to move on from there. And until you do, you will you will be a doctor with issues. Wow. A lawyer with issues. Yeah, a psychologist yeah. with issues. Because yes. you have your own issues. Mm -hmm. I did a seminar and a job training program for some staffers. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to teach them how to de-escalate. Oh. I used my workbook. Mm -hmm. And I showed them that you are having these issues with these students because you have issues with yourself. It was amazing to me how many people came to me and said, I never realized that I reacted to them the way I do because of what happened to me when I was younger. Wow. Wow. And, and this this generation working with the youth, we got to remember something. They could care less that you're grown. Ooh. Back That's in the day, it was, I'm grown. You respect me. You don't talk loud to me. That's right. No, you're grown. You're in the group of people that hurt me, which is why mm -hmm. I'm here now. So you're definitely talk to the hand. Mm, mm. So I told them when a student comes to them, and this is in any field, your your yeah. loved one, your yeah. child, yeah. a student comes to you or a person comes to you cursing, a young yeah. person, yeah. your first yeah. job is not to say, you're not supposed to use that language. Why are you cursing? You, you're addressing, you're addressing the symptom and not the cause. Wow. Wow. You wow. have to find out what's going on. Why are you feeling mm. this way? 
Yeah. Then after they see you care and you talk about them, then you can say, now, you know, you're too beautiful to be using those words. Mm. And it's going to be effective. And like I said to the staff there, if a student comes to you cursing, slamming the door or whatever, mm. remember one thing. Obviously, they felt you were someone they can come to. Wow. wow. Take the gloves off. Don't address what they're angry about, uh, how, how they're acting to the anger and find out what's going on with them. And that's how I taught them to deescalate because they realized it was problems they had from their past. You know, how, what, what are some of the benefits of forgiveness? Because when you've been stuck in for unforgiveness for years, for so long, even if it's somewhat fresh, people don't see the other side of it because they're just stuck in a, and, you know, they can't see themselves because they're in the jar. You know, they can't see the label because they're in the jar. So what are some of the benefits of unforgiveness that people can say, oh, I'm really missing out on this because they're 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 consumed in that feeling. And so what are some of the benefits of unforgiveness? Your heritage mm. is one of the biggest ones. How many sisters and brothers are mad because when they were five, their other sister got the dial that they wanted. And they didn't get it. So now they're mad at her. They don't want nothing to do with her kids. Mm. They don't want to see her. They're grown now. Their kids are grown. They have kids. They don't even talk to each other. You cut off a whole generation and all generations behind you because you can't forgive your sister for getting your favorite dial for Christmas. It's like a cancer that eats inside of a family. Yeah. Because if mama don't like you, then I don't like you. If Aunt Sue don't like you, I ain't eating your macaroni and cheese because I don't trust you either. it's, Mm. It's just... It's deeper. It's deeper. You know, it's so you just hit on some things. You're talking about family. Um, you know, like you said, then the children inherit the unforgiveness. Um, the the father unhear, un, uh the children uh, look at the father. Not my mama didn't get along with you. You left us. We're not going to get along with you. I mean, you just went into layers within the family of how even if something wasn't done to a person an injustice, they could carry that forgiveness, unforgiveness beyond. Um, something happened on a job and you're not only met at the boss, you met at some of the people on the job that had nothing to do with it because they didn't walk in and stand up for you. You're mad at them, you know? And so I, I it's such a big area uh, that people have to deal with and things like that, which, which brings me to a point of church hurt, which is a type of trauma. Some people have that. How would you suggest people getting over church hurt? You know, they church hop from place to place because they get mad at the pastor. They're mad at the pastor. They're mad at the deacon. They're mad. You know, that's a real hurt, too. And is it the same? Would you say it's the same as the other type of forgiveness that you were talking about? Anything we choose not to forgive Mm -hmm. has the same effect on our life. It doesn't matter if it's in church, doesn't matter if it's on the job, in your family, it's still going to make you stagnant and you're moving forward in a positive future. And you have to understand something. People come to church because they need to be there. That's like going to a hospital and saying, I'm mad at you because you're sick. Mm, Well, mm. they came there to get well. So nobody's perfect. I think people look at being in certain families and certain religions Mm -hmm. as this is a place that everybody's supposed to be perfect. So since you did this to me, I'm leaving church. I ain't never coming back. Since you did this to me, I'm leaving the family. I ain't never coming back, you know. Y'all can go over there. I'm going to move out of town. I'm going to make my own. Mm. But you can't. Mm. You can't because you didn't get here without family. Mm. So you can't keep moving forward positively without family. Church is like a church family. So when you're hurting a church, you go to the person. Go to the person if you want to. If not, just write a letter. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write a letter and then burn it up or throw it out or whatever, but you've got it off of you. I was when I was going to college to be a nurse, mm -hmm. a teacher said something to me, and I said to myself, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. He mm -hmm. said, if you're trying to study and you keep thinking about paying your bill, he said, get you a piece of paper and write, I will think about paying this bill when I finish studying this lesson. He said mm -hmm. it would immediately leave your brain because you've dealt <laughs> with it. I tried it and it works. Wow. <laughs> so that lets you know when you write a letter, you're you're releasing something out of you. Your mm. brain has dealt with it. And mm. so if you have to go to that person and say, hey, sometimes it's not good to go to people and say, hey, you hurt me mm. and I'm forgiving you. I, mm. I did that once. I went to somebody. Yeah. I said, I forgive you for all the things you've ever done to me. And yeah. they said, I never did nothing to you. And that wow. made me even more matter. <laughs> so, so I learned that forgiveness is something that eats at you. Yeah. And yeah. when you do it, it takes things away from you. You wow. free yourself. Yeah. Whether yeah. that person curses you out and bomb blows you up on Facebook or whatever, if you've forgiven them, uh -huh. you can move on. This is your journey. Mm. Wow. Unforgiveness you know, is something for us. For us. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, because uh, I know that you are a person of faith, a person of, uh, of great faith. Your husband is a pastor. Um, let's talk about Christ and his forgiveness. Can you parallel that? Because he has not done anything to, to the Christian people or to most people. Yet there is a forgiveness that's talked about in the Bible that he did, even on the cross. Um, can you help people to understand that dynamic a little bit of how important it is, even nobody's done anything to you, but here a person has this, this forgiveness spirit and is saying, Hey, I, I receive you. I forgive you. Can you help people to understand that level when, you know, it was a one-sided situation, so to speak? Well, he came to bring salvation. Yeah. Yeah. There is no salvation without forgiveness. Mm. He says, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. What does he say? You're bringing this big gift to the altar. You're praising God. You're singing mm -hmm. so beautifully. You're praying mm -hmm. so beautifully. But wait, hold that. Mm -hmm. Go back and fix that thing with your brother first. He said it. He said, leave your gift at the altar and go fix that thing that ought with your brother. And yeah. then come back to me. Because mm -hmm. the basis, you can't come to him without a forgiving heart. Yeah, yeah. And other yeah. Pe people don't understand that. They're doing all this stuff in ministry. They're doing all this stuff in their life. Mm. And they think God is just stamping his stamp of approval on it. But he's not. He stopped mm. you at the door. Wow. And said, wow. wait a minute, you got some alt in your heart. Go fix that. Mm. He said, only the pure in heart shall see God. We keep forgetting that. Yeah, you can't have yeah. anything in your heart. I make it a point not to keep nothing in my heart. I don't care mm. what somebody does to me or says to me. Yeah. I look at it a different way. We're supposed to think of righteous thought about people. Yeah, that person yeah. cursed me out and put their finger up at me. They must be really going through something at home. Mm -hmm. And you start praying for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't let them get in an accident up the street. Even if they flipped you off and mm -hmm. called you the N word or whatever, mm -hmm. they got a soul. They got a family that loves them. They got kids that love them, a mother that loves them, maybe a wife. And so you want to, for those people, let them live. Don't let nothing happen to them. You have to have a forgiving heart. Yeah. Jesus had a forgiving heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm glad you mentioned him on the cross with the yeah. thief. I, the three crosses represent something. Yeah, yeah. What we're talking about now. There are three three things. There's Jesus in the middle. Yeah. There's those 
who follow him on one side and those who don't on the other. That's the yeah. whole world. Either you're going to do it or you're not. Either you're going to forgive or you're not going to forgive. It's mm -hmm. you in the middle. And you got unforgiveness over here. You got forgiveness over there. You have to decide which direction you want to go in. Wow. You want to stay in the same spot? Don't forgive. Wow. And you could be mad wow. for the next 20 years about mm. the same thing that happened. Or you can free yourself and live. Free yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I want to get a little bit into some of the other books because the six great steps to a positive future, what we talked about today can help you to be able to move on to a better life. Let's talk about the reason you decided to not only just have one book, but you have workbooks and you're an author. Let's talk about from paper uh, to print your non-for-profit organization because you help get things out of people's head so that it can be read. And this is really important because you're taking people's stories that are just on paper and helping them to become published authors. Why was that important to you to do that? Because when I wrote my first book, A Miracle Made in Heaven, about how me and my husband met, it took it was so expensive. It was like two thousand five hundred just to get mm. two hundred books printed. And I begin to think about all most people that have a good story to tell. Yeah. has gone through something. Yes. Or are still going through something. Mm -hmm. And they don't have the money mm. to get a book published. Yeah. And then I looked at the industry where they get 60 percent. And you get 40 and I'm like, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. My story, I wrote it, but why are you getting more money? So I wanted to create a way that people could just say, hey, I'm broke, I'm poor, but here's my story. Mm -hmm. Can you help me get this out? Yeah. And that's why I'm in the process of getting a grant so that I could, um, if you come to me with a book, I can mm -hmm. pay to get your book published, pay to mm -hmm. get it edited, pay mm -hmm. to get it out there. And when mm -hmm. you profit double what you got from me, so say it costs a thousand dollars to get your book done and you profit two thousand. You give a thousand back to the foundation. The rest of the money is yours. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually I'll be putting books on the website for people to see. If you want to put your book on the website, then you, you give 10 percent to the not to the for profit side. OK. And that's 10 percent instead of 60 percent. That's all God asked for. So I didn't wow. want to ask for more than he did. Wow. Now, that's exciting. Now, what about um, that's for new. What about season authors? Uh, people that have had books out or something like that. You know, what about those people? Same thing with them. Sometimes your book is not moving because the cover mm. or you haven't marketed it. Prime okay. example for myself. I have like four books out. I don't okay. really ever talk about them. I'm yeah. at, I don't put them out nowhere. I don't. Yeah. But you, if you don't market yourself, mm. it's like having a treasure chest in your house that's in your safe mm -hmm. full of wonderful things. That's what kind of like paper, from paper to print is okay. in your mind and in your heart, you have a treasure chest of stuff to say, but if you mm. don't get it out there, mm. nobody's going to know about it. And so we have to market ourselves wow. as well. Wow. Wow. Which is so important because if people don't advertise until it's time to close, then they put the sign up close for business or something like that's when the advertisement, you know, often starts and things like that. Um, it's so important that, you know, what you said today, talking about the forgiveness moving from, a non-forgiveness to a forgiveness. This is something that can help people move past the trauma, past a lot of things that have, that are going on in their lives. So many people are caught up in this and it's so easy to be, like we're living in a time where people are offended, just not only stepping on someone's toe, but if you look at someone and they think you're looking at them and you're looking past them at the person behind them and the person to be as offended, like, why are you looking at me? This is a time where we're so easily offended. 
Why do you think that is? Is it just, I mean, we have social media, we have all these things, but why are we a society that's becoming so triggered so easily, do you think, in your opinion? I think unforgiveness has a lot to do with it. Mm. When you have a forgiving heart, somebody look at you wrong way, you're going to forgive them. Mm. You're not going to think about why they're looking at me like that. Sometimes people are looking into space, thinking about something from yesterday. They're Mm. looking your way, but they're not even looking at you. Mm. And you Mm. think they are. It's like, why is she looking at me like that? She's not even looking at you. Wow. So when you have a forgiving heart, these things won't bother you. Mm. Mm. You will begin to understand the other person's pain. And you have compassion on them and empathy yeah. for them yeah. and you won't yeah. it's not about yourself yeah. oh they did that to me pride mm-hmm. is something that causes us to feel that way mm-hmm. offense is nothing but a, another color of pride mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. offended because you pride oh they did that to me who mm-hmm. am i mm-hmm. why not me wow 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 why not i be the one that they can mm-hmm. do that to and i'm the one that's going to pray for them nobody else probably can stand them Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. You, you know what? It's so important because, you know, people that have not come to the other side of unforgiveness, they're kind of stuck in that rut. What is a, a success story that you can share with our audience for someone to understand? I have been missing out because I have not let this go. You know, is there a success story that you can share because you work with individuals you know, you do workshops, seminars and things, and you have different stories of people that have come out on the other side uh, of, of unforgiveness. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. There's one that I that is just branded in my soul. When mm. I first wrote this book, there was a student at the place where I worked. She fell asleep and a teacher put his hand on her shoulder to wake her. Yes. When she opened her eyes, she forcefully pushed him. Of course, they said you can't hit the teacher. So they were separating her. And I had written my book and I said, Hey, can you just, it was in plain, simple sheets. I said, can you read this first chapter? So she reads it. She comes in, she said, can I have the next chapter? I said, yeah. Uh, I said, do you want me to read your book? What you wrote? She said, no. And then to this day, I never even looked at it. I put it on my shelf. Mm. She came to my office and stood on the side. She said, I want to forgive my father, even though he molested me when I was little. Which explained to me why she pushed the man. She was so used to waking up in the middle of the night with her dad over her. Oh. And when the teacher was when the man standing in front of her and you just woke her up, you triggered her to yeah. push you. And yeah. so then she comes in and says, I want to forgive both my parents, but they're no longer alive. I said, you can. I said, did you write the letters of forgiveness? I mm-hmm. watched the metamorphosis, the transformation of this 17-year-old girl that was cursing wow. out the teachers that were mean. Finally, to, when she got to the end of the book, she was a bubbly, happy girl. She, I said, did you write the three nice things you would do with your parents? She said, yes, it makes me feel good to think about doing those things with them. She took a bad past memory, mm. gutted it, threw it out, and reclaimed her sanity by writing something that she wanted to remember. You know, and I, I, I think what you said even earlier about um, you're thinking things are on your mind, things are plaguing your mind. But if you just write down, I'm going to think about this later. I'm going to think about that later and focus your mind to think about that one thing that you need to do, because a lot of times it keeps coming back and it comes back and it's like a nightmare haunting you because you can't get it out of your mind to dysfunction. But if you could just write down, okay, I'm going to think about this later so that I can focus my attention. Then your brain frees up space, it seems like, to to get what you need to get done. 
And then later on, you can come back to it. You know, it's kind of like you people are worrying about it. Like, I can't go to this place because I'm going to see that person or whatever it is. And someone had once said, you know, worry and, and just holding on to something is kind of like you're in a room and you're in a dark room and it's midnight and, and there's a black cat in the room that's not even there. You know, you got, you're thinking about all of this stuff that's going on. And then someone said, well, you know, if you're going to worry about something, you can't do anything about it. You can't do some, something. Somebody has done something to you when you're a child. The person has gone on. You've been forgotten. That person got a doll. You didn't get the doll. Whatever it is, instead of worrying about it and letting it be the occupation of your mind, just go into a room, maybe say Thursday, take a Thursday, go into the room and say, okay, I'm going to go in the room Thursday at four o'clock. Every Thursday at four o'clock, you go in the room, you say, I'm going to devote 30 minutes to just worrying or thinking about this problem that I have to think about. Thursday, four o'clock for 30 minutes. You're there, you're thinking about it. What can I do? Now you can't change it. You're just thinking about it. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to Somebody knocks on the door. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry me. I'm thinking about my problems. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got to think about this for 30 minutes. Well, after that 30 minutes is up, get up, dust yourself off, walk out of the room and forget it the rest of the week. Let it go. And I think that's what you're saying when you say, just let it go. You know, don't let it be the occupation of your mind. Because if you worry about it for 30 minutes on a certain day, you can't do anything anyway. Anyway, nothing has changed. So why give your mind, your heart, your emotions, so much focus on that every day, giving it a little bit more energy when if it's, if it's not going to change, it's not going to change. But your attitude, the way that you see it can change. And when you change the way that you look at things, the way that you look at things will change. And I think that's the important thing that we want to really focus on today because folks, we're talking about how to move from past trauma into a positive future. It's a new year. It's a new month. And we want to be able to have the tools that we need to be able to carry us on into a positive future and, and to have a better life and things like that. Now, how can a person get your book? Um, I want to say Dr. Carla, because the, <laughs> what you have just given us is some great nuggets of things to be able to help us to, to move on. How can a person get a hold of your book or some of your workbooks um, to be able to not only purchase the books, but if they want to have a, 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 a conference or if they want to have you as a speaker or a seminar leader, how can they get a hold of you and your books to be able to uh, go on to a better life? Well, they're all on Amazon. And actually, I just changed the cover of my book. Okay. I almost only want to show you the old one because it looks so different. But if you, <laughs> this, this is the old. Okay, this is, oh, okay, that's the old one, Six Great Steps to a Great Future. Okay, mm -hmm. yep, yep. But I, I got a totally different cover now. So if you go on Amazon and look for Six okay. Great Steps to a Positive Future, I also changed my name to Carla Yvette Fox because okay. I noticed there's a lot of Carla Foxes, so I don't, I don't get my books confused. And uh -huh. if you just email me at frompapertoprint at gmail.com if you want a seminar or a workshop or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll check my schedule and see them available. I want to add something, though, when you talked about going into the room yes. and, and then worry about your problems. Mm -hmm. The only problem with that is if you, when you do that the first time, mm -hmm. you don't put a padlock on that door and say, I'm never coming back here again. Mm. It's like locking up a tiger. You're going to be cooking and you can hear him growling in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You can be on the yeah. phone. You can hear him bumping around in there. You have to let it go like the bird out the window. You can't. Yeah. You can't let the bird go from your cage to another cage that you're holding on to because you still have it. Yeah. You have to let it completely go. 
yeah. and move on to something different. That's what oh. the writing it down was. Now, when I, when I used the example oh. of writing down about the calm ed, that was just yeah. get it off your mind for then. But we, mm -hmm. for as far as forgiveness, we don't want to think about that thing again. And think mm -hmm. about this. Even if you go in that room every day for 10 minutes and think yeah. about it, you really haven't let it go. You just stored yeah. it in a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have that's to, good. don't let it affect you anymore. Mm, mm, mm. And I, I just want to add one more thing that's in my book too. A lot of people will say, oh, you're just like your dad. He never was nothing. He drank, he did this, he did that. Yeah. What did he do that was good? Remember I said about your heritage. Yeah. If you have a husband that mm -hmm. or a boyfriend that you were, had kids by, and he was the worst person in the world, but he drew good. Mm. He could do good artwork. You don't mm. tell your kids your daddy was nothing. You tell your kids you draw just like your dad. Boy, he was good at artwork and you're good at artwork. Oh. You give that child something positive to hold on to from that parent. Yeah. To yeah. carry with them to their child. So when yeah. they see their child years later drawing a picture, oh, you're just like your granddad. He was mm. a good drawer. This okay. child doesn't even know his granddad was a drunk and a thief. Because wow. you didn't bring that into your heritage. We tear our own families down from the inside out. Mm. Wow. And so you have to think of something positive. If it ain't but one thing, if he had nice eyebrows, mm -hmm. so you got eyebrows like your dad. He wow. might have been the worst person in the world, mm. but he could cook a good soup. Yeah, yeah. Your dad yeah. could cook good soup. Let's let's yeah. see if you can cook soup like your dad. Pick wow. one or your mom. Pick yeah. whatever it is that's positive and push that thing forward because you're building your family from the inside out. And you decide if you want to bring all that hatred and that unforgiveness and all that stuff that happened to the past into your child today. Wow. Carla, give us your, your website again. Give us how they can get in contact with you. You know, spell your name out so that they can be able to look you up on Amazon to be able to uh, to be able to get your books. Give us that information again. It's www.frompapertoprint.com. Dot okay. org. That's okay. the website. It's actually being worked on now. Okay. But uh, my email is from paper to print at gmail.com. Okay. And, that's, and then that's say your name I'm... again for our audience. Oh, I'm sorry. Carla yeah. Fox. Okay. You, you said the Y. Carla Y Fox or Carla Yvette Fox. Yes. That's what you want. Carla Yvette Fox, because there's more than one out there, but you want to get the one that can help you to move your past trauma into a positive future. That's what we were talking about today, folks. Unforgiveness, because this is in this world in which we live where there's change, complexity, overwhelming competition. We need to have the tools that we need to be able to carry us on to a more positive future. And not only did Carla mention some of the um, psychological or behavioral science type of things that we can do. But she also let us know that be, that forgiveness is in Christ. She talked about that. She talked about church hurt. She talked about whether it's on your job or in your family or whatever it is. There are some tools that she has in her books, in her materials that can help you to move on to a better life. You deserve a better life. You deserve to be able to have all that you want to have in life according to what Jesus and Christ wants you to have. And he wants us to have a better life. And so those of you that are holding on to unforgiveness, you're trying to figure out how can I do it? How can I let it go? Carla gave us some important steps on today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road the number two eternity.net. Carla's information will be on there. Um, I just want to thank you, Carla, for being a special guest today. You have helped open up the door to help a lot of people. We can be able to shake hands across the table 
because of some of the tools that you have given us to be help, help to help us to be able to move on to a better life, a better future. And so I just want to thank you for being our guest today. This just opened up our week for us to be able to say, okay, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to think about it. We can write it down, think about it later, lock that door, forget the pain of the situation and be able to go on uh, to do the things that you need to do to be able to live again, gain your, your sanity back, get your emotional stability back. Okay. Get your better health back by letting it go by forgiving. So Carla, thank you so much today. Her book, Six Great Steps to a Positive Future is available on Amazon. You can go on Amazon, look up Carla Y. Fox, and uh, you can be able to get a hold of material. Thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gifts to impact the world. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.